0: hello everybody i'm clay breeze and it's showtime here again in Berks county on this beautiful saturday morning in march in 2023 thank you for being with us today on march 25th 2023 this is a great saturday morning in this global warming year it's wonderful uh having march temperatures being above 45 degrees practically every day uh folks You tune into us every week because you know we're we're an oasis of truth, and you want to hear the truth as only you can hear it on our show at the speed of sound because we do come at you very very quickly. So thanks for being with us, and we're going to jump right into it today, folks. We're going to be talking about the worst economy that uh, it's been in uh, that we've seen for for you know since eighteen seventy two. We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into the. The Manhattan District Attorney Albin Bragg's uh, looking like uh, well his his well what appears to be his his uh, his his issues going on right now with his uh, yeah with his uh, with his trying to indict Trump there okay Uh, I think that's very very telling and very compelling we're gonna get into that a little bit and it looks like we have a fake hate crime going on over there again another fake crime a Justice Smollett sighting being seen over there in alvin bragg's corner uh, we have uh, a new poll that shows two in ten americans support support by i should say two in ten democrats support O'Biden biden in 2024 that's uh that's very telling as well uh we're going to get into the uh we're going to get into the uh, republican parental bill of rights that just has come up and uh a whole lot more folks so jump we're going to jump right into it thanks for being with us and here we go folks i wanted to talk a little bit first of all i want to talk about what's going on with the depression status in this country we got people that are just totally totally unhappy uh we've got uh suicide rates up through the roof with teenagers uh fentanyl is is a poison that's coming over uh in a in constant form i mean every grain of of fentanyl that's coming over that's 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 killing our kids is coming over from that southern border <clears throat> and we've got people that are struggling in this economy uh the economy that's the worst uh since 1872 they say i mean i i guess what we're looking at is the buying power of the american dollar and i want to point that out a little bit as people don't understand they say well you know what we're minimum wages up we got people making more money from 17 18 dollars to sweep floors i mean this is what they're seeing else out there in science help wanted science and this and that and everybody attributes that to the growth of our economy but what they don't understand and what we're going to make clear here on our show as only we can is the the general notion that what we're having is the buying power of the dollar and this is what people don't understand that the the dollar just doesn't buy as much see what we're looking at here is what minimum wage which was you know back in the 80s uh which was a little over seven dollars an hour what that purchased back then and double minimum wage purchased back then and what minimum wage and double minimum wage purchases today okay and i think <laughs> what we have to realize <clears throat> is that we've got a lot to be said on what the buying powers people are depressed because what's happening is People aren't being able to buy and provide for themselves, pursue their level of happiness. Um, it's just, it's just a very distressful thing. And you know, they're saying this, this woke theology on television all the time, and in their schools, and they're catching it all the time. They're afraid of what they, they're afraid of what they say at work and in the workplace, and as well as out with their friends and whatnot. They're just afraid to talk anymore. And I think the, the suppression of free speech is in reality uh it's been a reality based upon what people um don't know but i mean the suppression of free speech is is based upon the fact that people are afraid to talk and when you make somebody afraid to say something you by in by definition you've limited their free speech well getting into what's going on in you know 1872 1872 was when jesse james was prowling the land and whatnot and and the savings of the sit of the people of this country was constantly under threat by you know bandits like Jesse James and you know robbing their money and and whatnot. But today, uh but right now, we're the the we're we're seeing the worst stocks. You know, basically the worst year for stock growth since the seventies. It's really, uh, it's it's really impressive. I should say very depressing, which what, what we're seeing right now. The, the stock market's taken a huge hit, okay? And, uh, you know, we, we had, we were seeing great growth under Trump. We were seeing great, great growth under Trump. But the declines, you know, what, what we're seeing right now are, are declines based upon businesses that are being crunched by what were, what we're, you know, by the forced investments going on right now. See, the government's passing laws. The government passes laws and they pass legislation to try to affect the buying decision of Americans. So an American makes making whatever he's making a year, he or she makes a year, wants to make a buying decision, they make a purchase. And they do that. They make a purchase of a buying decision. And of course you have, uh, you know, like where the, these decisions are being forced by legislation. So they're creating scenarios to where Americans are making buying decisions, flipping the switch for a buying decision, not based upon what they want, but based upon the lesser of, well, what's going to, you know, what they have to buy based upon what's available. Okay. <clears throat> now, what you're seeing right now with the electric car world is you're seeing cars, and what you're going to see, I think, in the electric car world is you're going to see the, uh, they're trying to outlaw, if you will, they're trying to stop, uh, the, uh, the day drive, if you will. They're trying to, to try to stop, um, people from driving. They want people to not drive as far. They're trying to limit their driving. They want to limit the eliminate the day trips, if you will. Ford Motor Company now says this electric vehicle unit, Ford Model E, is losing billions of dollars and should be viewed as a startup company. And, and the reason they're saying that is because the government's passing legislation and giving, you know, and and kind of trying to force these buying decisions with Americans. Americans aren't buying them. The Model E Ford has lost $3 billion before taxes over the last two years and is expected to lose another $3 billion this year as they invest in new technology. And that's according to the AP. Um, that's according to the AP. In 2021, Ford's Model E <clears throat> had pre-tax losses of $900 million. In 2022, that number was about $2.1 billion. And Ford reportedly believes that their Model E is going to be profitable before taxes by late 2026. So they promised it's going to be profitable. So who's going to invest in them, you know, with an 8% pre tax profit margin? Who's going to invest in that? Who wants to buy stock in a company that promises to be profitable, okay, in four or five years? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to put my money in a company, it's a company that's promising. To be profitable now. Okay? As a matter of fact, not only profitable now, but increasing their their transactions, increasing their revenue, their income, whatever else. Now, if you're trying to get investments into your company, you don't talk about where you're going to be five years now. Five five years from now. You talk and, and hypothetically where you're going to be five years from now. You talk about where you are now and where you were last year, and that growth in the company is what prompts the investments. So Ford is losing money, and they're trying to they're figuring out that they're not getting the investments because the Republicans aren't passing legislation to force the EVs, the electric cars. So Ford's basically trying to say, well, all right, I mean, we're going to build these cars, but nobody's going to buy them. And just to be clear, why aren't Americans buying electric cars? It's because they know that the daytime afternoon drive is over. They know that. They know that they, they're limited to how far they can go. They know that. Everyone knows that these, that electric vehicles lose money because, well, I mean, that, that's just, you know, that they're, they're just stopping the, the driving of a car. I mean, that's the bottom line. They don't want people driving. They're the, 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 the long day drive is now over. The long day daytime drive is over. I mean, they got the Mustang Mach-E, SUV, F-150, lighting, lightning pickup and electric transit, commercial vans. <laughs> they're all coming out and you know i mean it's just what i'm seeing is you're just saying it's the kryptonite for the for the for the road trip i mean everyone wants to go on a road trip you don't buy an electric car you buy a gas car you know you buy one that's comfortable to ride in. you know that ford f-150 lightning electric pickup truck found that the uh that it's you know it's kryptonite is the road trip and uh the auto critic henry payne explain that the electric truck got them 170 miles of range wow that's wonderful 170 miles while the while the uh people that are buying that, that bought the f-150 gasoline version have over 500 miles of range okay so you wonder where they want to go you know again you know if you drive if you're doing a day trip on 170 miles you say, well, look we'll be back before we do 120 30 miles so we'll just plug it in and charge it. You get back and you realize you gotta take off and do another ride because something come up and you gotta run out the door. Well, that's not gonna happen in the electric car. It takes too long to charge it. You know, anyone who's turned on their computer after an update's tried to you know, get in there realizes that the twenty minutes or a half hour it takes to to boot your computer is what it's gonna be like. it's gonna be a normal occurrence when you're trying to fuel your electric car. Even though even the speedy what they call, what they dubbed speedy uh, charging systems, which which basically result in 45 minutes or an hour's worth of charge. I mean, trust me, folks, anyone who's trying to reboot a computer knows what that's all about. You know, when you go to your computer and you're like, okay, I got to put it on, I got stuff to do, I got a I you know, Zoom call coming up or I got a Teams meeting or whatever it is, and you want to boot your computer up, and that's the time that the update's coming in. And you gotta cancel that, you gotta move forward. It just takes forever to boot. And a half hour later, you're just now starting to open up your you know your 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 browser, your web browser. Well, that's what it'd be like an electric car. When you get an electric car that's got a, a range of, you know, one, two, three hundred miles, that that range is gonna limit you to what you can drive. And when you drive and you, you know, you come back and charge, if you've got to get back in that car quickly and that, and everyone can relate to what I'm telling you, if that happens, well, good luck to you because you're going to have to reboot. it be like the, the, the computer having to reboot. You have to sit there and wait 35, 45 minutes, maybe an hour for enough charge to get going. And of course, if you don't charge it long enough, you know, you, you don't get enough of a charge, you're not doing the battery any justice. So that's a bad thing too. But, I mean folks I mean the bottom line is it takes time to charge the car and of course the charge itself uh you know is expensive in and of itself because you're paying per kilowatt hour so you know you're really not saving money uh you're not and and it it's just an amazing phenomenon and and these and the consumers aren't buying them consumers are not buying them it's just really don't miss that consumers are not buying these electric cars they're not buying them now they're not consumers by nature will buy what they see will benefit them they buy the most effective efficient product and/ or service that they can get for what they need okay so when you're looking at just going to transportation you know people are going to buy a vehicle that gets 25 to 35 miles per gallon that's big enough to handle whatever they got to drive with and give them enough room in a car enough comfort while they're driving I mean, people are would love to have a car that got 70 miles per gallon that had, you know, the room of a, of a, of a Suburban, but those those vehicles really don't exist. Well, the electric car is not going to give people what they want. So people want something more than they're going to get through an electric car. They're not getting it. So inevitably what they end up with is they end up with a vehicle that the government says, well, this is what we're going to allow Ford to build and or we're going to allow people to buy i mean in california they've outlawed gas cars and in 10 years they're not going to have gas cars so maybe that's what ford is saying that they're going to be profitable by 2026 because after all they know that california is going to have a law that says people have to buy electric cars only maybe that's what they're banking on i don't know i I don't know i think that <clears throat> what people are seeing right now is they, they don't see electric cars as being something that are Efficient or effective at this point. That's why people aren't buying them. They're certainly not they're not saving people money. What they cost is an extravagant is an extravagant amount of money. They just they cost a lot. But Ford's basically announcing the losses as they get into a little bit more on the vehicles themselves. And, you know, I mean, they they're just trying to highlight the fact that, well, you know, we're not out of it. I mean, but you know, see all these car dealers, all these car manufacturers are building electric cars. They've all been, I want to say, told to do it. But see, the government, it's interesting, the government runs these businesses to some level. I mean, why Ford would have an electric car division, okay, to build electric cars if they're not going to sell them? Well, it's obvious to me they got them because they were getting tax breaks from the government. subsidies. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand why... a I mean they have a responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility to their to their donors, if you will. They have that and they, they should be giving their their stockholders, not the donors, but the stockholders, the investors in their company, more than that. I mean why they would be spending billions of dollars on something that loses money is beyond me. You don't stay in business long when you do that. You just don't. Well, I want to get into a little bit of what's going on on the soft on crime overall commissions and, and whatnot, what's going on at D.C. Okay. The new mayor out there, Muriel Muriel Bowser, she's a Democrat, and uh, she's proposed uh, defunds, budget defunds, commit a budget defunds commission, creating soft on crime overall. Now, it's interesting. Why is she doing this? Are they trying to increase crime? So... You know, she's proposing to defund the city's commission that helped create the soft on crime criminal code revision, but the mayor initially vetoed it. In, in Congress, blocked in the bipartisan effort. So she wants to increase crime. Or what's happening right now is she's realizing what's happening right now is she's realizing that uh, it's not very popular. Okay, so she proposed fiscal budget a fiscal budget for next year. Okay, which ends there. Their, their criminal code reform commission so now they're realizing that the people are getting upset now you know it's often been said who runs washington well i think who runs washington are political the political prevailing wins but i mean it's really an interesting thing because the dc is so high on crime what you're what you're not seeing from these democrats is you're not seeing a real tackling of criminals you're not seeing a real attack on crime you're just not you want to stamp out crime you start you stamp out crime when you and, and and you know what we don't see is we don't see these cities that are run by Republicans that are increasing in crime we don't see that we see cities that are run by Democrats increasing in crime but we don't see cities run by Republicans increasing in crime I think that's very very interesting I mean you go down that go down the line in Philadelphia in Chicago and Detroit and, and, and Washington DC and Baltimore. I mean, with Democrats run the cities, the kids the kids don't learn anything in school. They're not teaching reading and writing in the schools. Uh, and the the crime is on is on the rise in these cities. I mean, crime is increasing everywhere in these cities. Violent crime is increasing. You've got district attorneys in these cities that don't prosecute crime. What's interesting and in getting into that a little bit, the district attorney in uh <clears throat> the district attorney in dc who is leading the grand jury attempt against trump and people so our listeners understand a grand jury is a stacked deck okay grand jury is a stacked deck now what i mean by that is when a a district attorney is using a grand jury to try to get you know information for an indictment you need to realize the grand jury is is a concerted effort to investigate and to you know basically uh drill down and 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 uncover that's what they do all they do is look for evidence to convict and create a crime they don't allow grand juries by definition do not allow a defense at all or any kind of a defense explanation defense attorneys or anything for the defense it's all about prosecution grand juries and they 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 lead to indictments and you know you can look at anybody and look at any law and, def- and and try to determine intent, because in in many cases, crime is 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 uh you know cr- criminals are arrested, but in many cases those crimes are are doubled down if you will or increased. The penalties of those crimes are increased based upon the proven or non-proven or supposition of intent. So <clears throat> what they're trying to do in this case. First off, they have letters from Stormy Daniels, letters from Stormy Daniels, that said she had no affair with Trump. Okay, she. we have letters on that fact. She's saying it. We have her testimony on this. Okay, we have Avenatti, who's in jail right now, believe it or not. He's in jail, and he's running a Twitter account in jail, which I think is pretty interesting. But Avenatti's tweeting out there that this is going to backfire on the district attorney because he knows there's no evidence on Trump on this he knows that but this and, and, and you know with the grand jury again you don't even need you don't even need a a a, a super majority or unanimous all you need is a, a a certain threshold to pass to get a to basically draw an indictment but the purpose of the grand jury is to bring an indictment and the Mueller grand jury tried to do it against trump they failed now here we are with this grand jury and, and it looks like they're going to fail they've They've canceled meeting after meeting this past week. They were supposed to indict Trump on Tuesday, then that went to Wednesday. That went to Thursday. They were canceling their meetings. They were canceling their their, their 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 testimonies. They were basically canceling things because they don't have anything at this point. Now, we all remember who Jesse Smollett was. He he actually did about fourteen months in jail and paid a bunch of money out for fines. Jesse Smollett's the guy that did the 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 crime hoax. He committed a a hoax crime, if you will, of Chicago. He tried to say people robbed him at you know, knife point, basically, and they had him beat him up and put a rope around his neck. And they did all these did terrible things in the middle of a pool or vortex. What he didn't realize was none of it added up to the Chicago police. They started investigating before long. They unpeeled that onion and realized that that guy was lying about the entire thing. He tried to say that Trump, you know, MAGA Trump people were out there committing a hate crime against him at Of course, CNN jumped all over it and they actually did interviews with him. I mean, as he's crying on TV and the interviewee is crying on TV, everyone's crying on CNN and MSNBC as they're interviewing this guy about this hate crime hoax. Well, it it turned out to be a giant hoax as as we later found out. Uh, They're basically trying to draw the sympathy and they got caught in it. Well, I guess now we're realizing that there's some sort of a white powder that was received in a package containing a death threat a death threat to this guy alvin bragg Now, if you've ever seen this guy alvin bragg you'd be thinking to yourself okay well you know I, I i mean this is a guy he hates trump okay and this is what he campaigned on of course he indict trump but anyway they found this white powder yesterday alleged as the prosecutors continue their probe into the trump and then this is what the reports are now this is ridiculous, folks. Absolutely ridiculous. But an anonymous law enforcement source told, uh, I guess, Fox that the package sent through the U.S. Postal Service and discovered around noon uh read read something like "Alvin," I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, it was it was a death threat against Alvin. And the the powder was determined to be non-hazardous. So it's interesting that they they alleged some package got in there with a death threat on the envelope. The district attorney had informed the office that it was immediately con- that that it was immediately contained, and that the North, the New York Police Department Emergency Service Unit, and the New York City Department of Environmental Protection determined there was no dangerous substance. Okay. Um, also citing law enforcement sources. Now I don't know where this thing came from. If this was a legitimate thing, they're going to find out who sent it. This isn't hard to do. Uh, they discovered who it was that did the. Uh, that mailed the actual anthrax it was actually anthrax that was mailed out to Obama. They caught that person. They caught that person. If this is actual, they're gonna find out who mailed it. There's a lot of ways they can find that out. If it's fake, they'll they won't find anything. And that's how you know. Okay. Um I'm not so sure it's real. If it's real it's horrible that Sony would do that. Uh but if it's not real, then it's horrible for the for the district attorney and his cohorts to make up such a thing. I don't know what's real and what isn't but i can tell you that <clears throat> it does seem a bit suspicious the timing of it all just as he failed to do his indictment over and over okay um it, it's just interesting to me i mean it's a it's a white substance in an envelope that's not dangerous and there's a you know three three words were allegedly three words were written on the on the death threat um i don't know i mean i uh, i i just think it's interesting i mean um I mean, Bragg wrote an email to his employees saying it sounds like Jesse Smollett on his on his tour. So so Jesse Smollett went out and he told everybody how it all happened, how horrible he felt. He was telling the police officer how hard he felt, how horrible it felt, and how scared he was. And keep in mind, folks, Jesse Smollett was saying all this to the police officer while the rope that allegedly was used to put around his neck and strangle him with that rope was still around his neck. So he had the noose around his neck. At the whole time, he's talking to the Chicago police officers about how horrible he felt about the rope around his neck. Well, here's this guy, before the dust settles, goes in to say, well, I know it's not easy, folks, but press attention is security around our office. And he talk, He's highlighting it, and he says, we're going to continue to apply the law evenly and fairly. Okay, well, that's news to these people, I guess. I don't know what he, he thinks evenly and fairly is. He thinks putting his hand on the scale is, is evenly applied justice i don't know but anyway the fbi and the new york city police are heading up the probe into the package i think you're gonna find that there's nothing there i really do i'm telling you mark get on this show right now that this is fake you know it's really funny I, I mean i can see through this stuff this just looks fake to me okay here's a guy who's failing in his quest to indict trump and suddenly he gets a death threat it doesn't even make sense to me doesn't even make sense to me doesn't even make sense, but it's really interesting, and I think that uh, you know I think we're going to find out that's a big nothing, but we'll see if it is real and somebody did it. They should pay the piper, and they should be punished for it. But I don't think that happened. I'm not so convinced of it. But you know, you got that guy John Turley. He's like a George Washington University uh, law professor. <clears throat> he called this whole potential case legally pathetic, and you know, bottom line is it truly is. I mean, this guy's struggling to twist state laws to effectively prosecute a federal case, okay, long ago, rejected by this Injustice Department against Trump over his payment of hush money to Stormy Daniels. And in 2018, and again, that's how long ago, that's how long this theory's been around, that, you know, basically... Um, it's you know, we can determine how difficult it is for a federal case that would be under existing election laws. I mean, why didn't it come forward then? Here we are six years later, and here comes the theory again, trying to be shoehorned into a state claim. Okay, and you know, I think it's just—I think he's just—he's just. This whole thing is fake, and you know, look. I think they know it, and that's why. That's why I think they put out this. Yes, this fake crime. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to call it fake because I don't have evidence of anything more than that. But I think it's it's compelling. And, you know, and Trump's out there saying this whole thing's going to backfire. And I think it will, too. I mean, polling even suggests that a majority of Americans believe a looming indictment on Trump from this district attorney's going to backfire and either either not hurt Trump or at all or actually help him. And the results of the poll were were conducted, conducted by the Convention of States Action in conjunction with the Trafalgar group, which is interesting, Travelgar is probably one of the most accurate polls out there. They were obtained by by Breitbart and it, it basically I remember reading the article on this. And the uh I mean the I think they're the first polling numbers I've seen conducted fully after Trump's Trump announced last weekend that he is expected to be charged on this thing. Or he expected to be charged. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like when you look at it and well, uh, the, uh, would this, in, would, would an indictment help or not, or would it help or not affect his campaign? Only 25% said it would hurt. Okay. You know, it's really interesting. 25% said it would hurt. Only four out of 10 Democrats believe it's going to hurt Trump. Virtually every Republican doesn't feel it's going to hurt him at all. And only one quarter of all independents feel like it's going to hurt Trump. I mean, this is just, this is very telling. of Americans believe that an indictment on Trump either helps him or will have no effect at all on him. 37% said it will not have an effect on him, and 36% said it will help him. Only 25% of voters believed it would hurt his campaign. So, I mean, I'm folks, I I don't think people care about it. I think they know it. I think it's going to help Trump. I I, I believe it's going to help him, okay? I'm one of the 40% that believe it's going to help him. Um, it's obvious that to Americans that uh, that Trump is being hounded by a politically motivated witch hunt. That's what I think, and and this is obvious to everybody. Uh, a witch hunt designed to discredit him and in, in, in order to render him a permanent pariah in the American politics. That's what they're trying to do with him. And you know, folks, this tactic has never worked. And and you know, it's interesting. These early numbers that I'm just talking about here reveal it's going to backfire. And I think it will. Voters either think his indictment will an arrest will either have absolutely no impact at all or or will boost this campaign it's just and and you know i broke it down for you i i just think that it's very telling it's very telling you know 57 percent of democrats believe an indictment would not affect him at all i mean that that's democrats there's no real excitement for this that's just really compelling and people know it there's no there's nobody behind it there's nobody behind it you know, and, and I talked a little bit about 2 and 10 Democrats supporting O'Biden. You know, I wonder if those 2 and 10 Democrats are amongst the 40% that believe that this is going to hurt Trump. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just interesting to, to wonder when you're looking at the breakdown of the polls, when, you know, 57% of Democrats believe it's not going to affect them at all. You know, you wonder how many of those Democrats that believe it's going to affect them, which is the other 43%, how many of them? Are the tw- are, are are supporting Biden in this upcoming election? Biden doesn't have the support of the party. He just doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, uh, he has no. He's twenty three percent. I mean, he has no real support here. Uh Democrats. I mean, you got a whole lot of Democrats are out there looking looking elsewhere. Okay, looking elsewhere. I mean, you've got like sixty percent of Democrats looking someplace else. I mean, that's just really amazing to me. And I'll tell you that's the Democratic Party. He's gonna win that primary. He's gotta win that primary. And I think he's gonna have a real hard time with it. You know, last time there was a there last time there was a primary uh, fallout in the Democrat Party was back in nineteen eighty when Jimmy Carter was so unpopular. And uh, the Democrats ran a whole bunch of people. I mean, Ted Kennedy ran, Frank Church ran, there was a whole bunch of other people that ran. And uh jimmy carter won the nomination again all right and it was it was a drawn out primary fight it really was and then ronald reagan was announced as the as the republican lead there for that and ronald reagan was put out there and he was the republican nomination and uh he handled very very confidently handled uh very very confidently handled the uh you know jimmy carter i mean he won i mean ronald reagan won 45 states okay 45 states so don't miss that i mean that's really uh reagan wiped them out i mean it was a political landslide this is what i think you know the democrats have nothing really to look forward to that's really the that's really the key here i don't think they have a whole lot to look forward to um i'm gonna talk a little bit about the parental rights bill um the house republicans that you know in washington right now they they originally announced a proposed legislation that would provide more curriculum transparency for parents, giving them greater say in their children's education. And they originally did that weeks ago. They originally did that weeks ago. And uh, that's, what, that's what this is really all about right now. It's, it's about every parent, every mom and dad, but most importantly about the students in America. I think it's really amazing what they're putting out there they're ensuring the rights of parents are honored and protected in the nation's public schools. It's amazing they have to put a federal law out there to protect parents' rights. But see, this is the they need parents need the right to know what's being taught in their schools to their children. They need to see the reading material. They need to be approving it. Uh parents have the right to be heard at school board meetings. I mean, all of this, these are already written in the laws. This is what's interesting, is that this is just a uh, uh, and over this is just basically uh galvanizing all what's uh, what's already in existing laws the right to ski, the right to see school budget and spending well that's already there in school boards all this stuff is already the law in many states like in pennsylvania parental rights are insured in in the state's constitution but also state law of their children's privacy and so forth but the fact that they're looking to put a federal law on it makes it so that there's a federal law becomes a federal crime if they break it that means the fbi can jump in that's what i kind of like with it whenever you put a federal law in place if it's broken it becomes the fbi materials and the fbi has to get in there and investigate you know so that they passed the measure 213 208 and i guess five republicans joined the democrats i thought that was interesting why did republicans vote against it i don't know but whatever the case um the Democrats didn't want it the bill is you know it what I think is it's not complex or complicated okay it's not either okay and I think contrary to what people hear from from the Democrats it's not an attack on hard-working teachers either okay it's not going to be that either it's it's just it's it's not an attempt to at have Congress dictate curriculum or determine the books in the library well I think They want to make sure that the books that are in the library are released, that the titles are released to the parents. They want to make sure that the parents sign off on the curriculum. All of this is stuff that you would think is automatic anyway, but it's not. Parents should have the right to know what their children are learning and know how the tax dollars are being spent and whether the child is safe in school. And that's exactly what this rights bill does. I think it's important. What motivated me politically, I think, a long time ago was parental rights. And, uh, you know, that's something that we all look at and we all take for granted, parental rights. See, no one's arguing that parents should should dictate what's being taught. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing the argument comes from what they're trying to keep from parents. That's the key. Everyone says parents have a right to know, but they actually get in there and figure it out. It's very difficult to do because the schools, you know, they run these school boards and they don't let anybody know anything. I think that's very telling. I mean, they, 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 it's like pulling teeth with these school boards to get, the, to get the administrations to do anything. But parents should be able to be respected in school board meetings and not deemed domestic terrorists. That's in this law. I think that, why would you have to put that in law? What's interesting is that this was all put down in law because McCarthy was trying to make it, again, this is a political statement. I mean, I support it because i i support the fact that there is an a i understand there's an attack on parents and so they're going to pass laws they're going to enable parents to have in federal law backing I guess, a weaponized justice department i think it's very telling you know parents should be able to control how many how how any third party uses their children's personal data i mean think about that okay so children's personal data is on these you know it's being is being tracked by these applications and like tiktok and when i get to that in a little bit but right now tiktok is a is a problem and of course uh before i get into tiktok i want to talk about how the tiktok ceo says uh that spying is not the right word for surveillance of america's children <laughs> And spying is not the right word for surveillance on america's children on behalf of the communists okay anyway I just I just I thought that was that was delicious I thought oh my goodness but anyway I mean you know you got apps on phones that are tracking these children okay and that's the truth of it but again a lot of states are already taking action to empower parents at the state level Florida standing as a prime example of the parental rights and education bill signed into law about a year ago so you've got states that are already pressing these things through and believe me it's they see it and they know it and they, it's there's there's no there's no question that parents are for it. They are for it. Well, there's uh eight out of ten Americans believe that uh, their children will uh will doubt whether their children will be better off with the Democrats running things. Eight out of ten Americans doubt whether their children will be better off in Biden's America. I think that's interesting. Seventy eight percent of Americans um which is the highest share of americans who are pessimistic since they've, they've been doing the survey since like like for the last 30 years and uh this is the highest share of americans who are pessimistic uh, that their children will will be better off um you know according to the uh according to the, the pollster um uh, Biden's America is a result of a couple of factors, including the the interchange between education and the employment market. So the Wall Street Journal poll that was released, I mean, I look, the bottom line is one one reason Americans worry that the next generation will be farther behind. They're losing faith in the power of, of a college education. That's what's happening, too. I mean, they're seeing what their kids are learning in college, which is nothing. Um, and they're saying that, that the power of a college education to move people up, the children up to the economic, here are adults up to the economic ladder. Um, I mean, some 56% of these people said that a four-year college degree wasn't worth the cost. Think about that. What you're seeing now is you got a lot of kids saying it's not worth the cost to go to college. Okay, and, and people often graduate without specific job skills and they're always in heavy debt. We know that. 42% of respondents say it's worth it because people have a better chance to get a good job and earn more. But that was that's a reversal from the last time the question was asked in 2017, when the narrow plurality viewed college is worth an investment. I mean, now it's a lot of them feel that it's not a good investment. Again, the poll only found 12% of Respondents describing themselves as very happy. You talked about the unhappiness of people, and that's the truth of it. There are people are unhappy today. They're just not. They're being sold a bag of goods. They spent $60,000, dollars $80,000 for a four-year college, or some of the bigger schools, $150,000, $250,000 for a four-year college. They come out, they owe all that money, and there really isn't any real hope for them in the economy. And they're wondering, okay, well, I majored in in graphic design, and I mean, why am I not getting a job in it? You know, why can't I get a job in what I majored? Well, it's because nobody told them what they majored. It's not that the market is not as as good for that. You know, nobody told them that. And it's not as lucrative, that the markets aren't as effective for. Them. You know, nobody really told them that. I mean, I, I think, you know, what we can say is a driver of happiness is financial certainty and economic freedom, and people don't have that when they have debt, when they have a lot of college debt they don't have that okay and they certainly don't have that when they don't get the job they want you know they don't have that either so that's really telling but americans aren't happy with their financial position that much is for sure they're not and i think that that's said and that's so that's that's the truth the plurality of people 44 percent said their finances are worse condition they expected at this stage in their life i mean that's a huge amount of people more than a third said that they're not at all satisfied with how they're getting along financially. Fewer than, and that's because of the debt they incurred. You know, a few of them, three and 10, agreed that the people, people like them and their family have a good chance of improving their standard of living. What's happening is the government's getting in the way of the pursuit of happiness by so many people. And the government's getting in the way, and people aren't making money, and people aren't earning a salary that they want to earn. They got all this debt, they got all these all this illusion in this land of illusion that, that that when reality hits you've got people coming out of college that can't define what a woman is <clears throat> you know and they believe that you can transition they got people that believe in gravity and science they believe in the law of gravity but they don't believe in the law of gender i mean this these are things that that's an amazing phenomenon so you know when these people get older they realize why did i not know this before. I mean, they, when you live 10, 15 years in a lie, you oftentimes end up in a bad way uh mentally. You just can't cope with it. You just can't cope with it. <clears throat> and I think it's really compelling. But I want to get to a little bit on TikTok right now. The TikTok CEO, z shu said uh during a House Energy and Commerce Committee meeting on Thursday. So they bring this guy in. They bring this guy in and uh, he, he, he talks to Congress and he says spying is not the right word for Chinese surveillance of Americans using his company's social media platform. So the Republican Neil Dunn asked this guy if TikTok's parent company, ByteDance to dance has spied on American citizens. He says, I don't think that spying is the right way to describe it. Okay. Well, how would you describe it then? How would you describe it? So, you know, I mean, you know, you got the FBI report and the Justice Department saying investigating uh, the, the, the parent company, TikTok's parent company, uh, acknowledged firing four employees for using the controversial app to track the location of two journalists in the United States. Okay, now this is what's going on. So you've got this, <clears throat> this but the, the TikTok's parent company Admitting that its employees had improperly accessed the data of U.S. users, congressional critics began to express concerns about TikTok surveillance practices. Um, I guess Forbes reported that the Department of Injustice has served subpoenas to TikTok. However, it's still unclear how far the investigation and the incident has gone, and the FBI has interviewed people in connection with the matter. Though it's not clear if these interviews are part of the same investigation. So TikTok spokesperson was was you know addressed the issue, saying, "We have strongly condemned the actions of the people found to have been involved, and they are no longer employed at TikTok." So the the spokesperson confirmed that the company's internal investigation is ongoing. At TikTok, is committing to cooperate, but concerns over the national security and private implications of TikTok have reached. A fever pitch now you know trump called this out trump said this is the communist party tracking americans you realize that, that the defense department doesn't let anybody that you know have tiktok on their phones and you know, homeland security a lot of these government agencies do not allow their 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 employees to to be uh to have tiktok on their phone they don't allow it they don't allow it i mean you know <clears throat> i mean you've got you know, look, TikTok's, you know, basically TikTok's spying on people. And, and again, they see it. They they understand it. They want to separate TikTok by the parent company. I don't know what that means. You know, the bottom line is they're looking to, to separate it. But, you know, they're slamming TikTok for hosting dangerous trends that have killed American teens and children. So that's another as- aspect of it. And they're, they're having it. But they're spying on Americans. Look, this is an app. They're trying to get something as big as Google is what they're trying to do, and so this this app is is what they're trying to do. They're trying to they're just trying to track Americans so they can, you know, I guess I and and they can use that they can use that information nefariously. This is what we got to realize. Trump called TikTok out. Mike Pompeo made the statement. He was asked on a I think it was Fox News or something. He was asked on one of the shows. He said uh, about TikTok. He said. uh well, yeah, it's okay if you want to. If you're okay with the Chinese communists spying on you, you know, watching your keystrokes, and yeah, use TikTok, it's fine. I just thought it was interesting that uh, he had to bring that up. But I mean, um, you know, you got the meaning of China and Russia is, you know, it, it, basically, you've got people in in the White House now trying to denounce this is not a big deal. You know, let me help. Put an objective perspective on this, regardless of what these fake experts like, you know, like Kirby's out there talking about. Okay. I mean, John Kirby's out there. He's arguing that this is a good thing. I don't know how it's a good thing that, that we've, that our lack of leadership on the global scale has pushed China and Russia together. You know, a lot of these allegiances happen because, because we're not good in foreign policy. Okay. This didn't happen when Trump was there. Okay. This didn't happen when Trump was there. there. OK, but I mean, you know, it, you got you got these these people right now in Washington are saying that they don't believe this is a, that they don't believe it's the calling an alliance is a stretch. Well, I don't know what they would call it, but I can tell you right now, it, it's they're going to they're going to increase their trade with each other. I mean, she uh, she presidency and she and then and, and Putin are working together as a counterweight to American influence. I think there's some truth to that. And, and Putin sees she as uh, a bankroll, and perhaps she once sees the, the alliance, with, the, the Chinese see the alliance with, with the Russians as a foil and the counterweight American influence. And the Russians see this whole thing as a bankroll of an opportunity to get more assistance so they continue to prop up its economy and fight this war. So they're, they're all looking at it from an advantage, but make no mistake um it 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 does not it's not good for america i don't care what they say it's not good for america okay it's not i mean when you have a void in leadership this is what's happening you got north korea right now putting out some new submarine or something i mean you've got these countries right now and you got an iranian drone that took out some Americans. and yeah we we did a counter-strike let me help you folks the iranians are enemies of this country the chinese are not friends of this country and quite frankly i believe they're they're acting as, as economical and, and acting as economic enemies, but I mean, there's a military issue here with the Chinese. The Chinese want military supremacy. I think what's happening right now in Russia—they they did not anticipate this war going on. Like, I mean, this was supposed to be a two-week war. That's now a, a one-year-old war. I mean, this this two-week war is now into its fifty-fourth week. So this is what's concerning a lot of the people in Russia right now. That they, there's just. It's just very hard for them to track this. So, you know, it's really going to be an interesting thing watching how, I believe, how the Chinese are able to uh, maneuver here. I think it's going to be interesting. I I think the Chinese right now are trying to get an alliance because they know they want to get into Taiwan. I've been saying this on the show now. I believe they're going to go into Taiwan this year, 2023. I still do. I think they're going to have to. I, I think there's, there's going to be some invasion something is that they have to watch that they have to realize when trump gets back in there it's going to be a whole world of difference the chinese know that the chinese know that you know i mean you know what's what's bringing america to the point of bringing america to its knees i mean right now you've got america that is that is really not a, and not a global leader anymore and they're being led by a bunch of hollywood elites you know it's funny You know, you hear us on this show here, we, we comment on Hollywood. I mean, I would say rather objectively, but some might say rather negatively. I mean, I just think it's objectively. But Grace Kelly, I guess, described Hollywood the best. She said, Hollywood, the people in Hollywood are funny, she said. The people in Hollywood have a holier than thou, holier than thou perception of themselves. With an unholier than the devil reality of themselves. Now that's kind of a paraphrase of it all. But Hollywood really is. Um, I mean, this is the pop culture that's trying to define things. They're trying to define things. This pop culture can't sell. Only well, they, they can't sell movie tickets, and they're they're trying to indoctrinate the kids. But they're, they're they they just don't have the role models. There are no longer any role models that are being projected on. The television or in the movie halls the only role models people have the children have are their parents anymore they're being challenged when the kids get into the workforce they're being challenged with the role models i think mom and dad are always the consistent ones down the road but you know what you're seeing right now in the society is societal decay you know and, and since 1960 we've seen this okay and i mean the slippery slope i mean think about it when you think about the slippery slope and we're going to end up with this comment well in today's show with this comment but the slippery slope what we've seen in 1960 62 somewhere in there they had the first birth control that came out the birth control pill and then 10 or 12 years later after that um they legalized abortion okay and then oh another 25 30 years after that they legalized abortion again they kept abortion legal for you know for whatever convenience reasons, okay? It used to be abortion in the case of, you know, rape and incest and and, and health of the mother. That was later slipped off the slippery slope into, you know, selection, gender selection, whatever you want to call it, convenience selection. And that was the reason, whatever reason for the mother uh, to have an abortion. And then that was put into partial birth abortions that slipped off into partial birth abortions and that, that transgressed further into you know, uh, selective abortions, late-term abortions, and then even farther off the deep end to where the governor of Virginia made a comment about a baby surviving an abortion that would be put on a table off the side and left to die gasping for air. I mean, this is the way the world has progressed from evil to darker and darker. This is what it is. It just gets worse and worse. I mean, I mean literally, in, in 60 years, they went from abortion pills to, you know, well, until recently, uh, abortion um, of a of a of a live birth, okay, of a baby survived an abortion that's left to die, and this is the world we live in today, folks. This is the world we live in when a country is given off into its depraved, uh, reprobate self. This is where it goes. And you know, folks, I mean, we're thankful for God for the direction He gives us and all, but. One thing is for sure, we have to pray for our nation and pray for the people around us. These people around us, they all need salvation. Well, folks, we're going to leave it there. I want to thanks thank all of our listeners for tuning in like they do every week to our show, being with us today. And uh see you next week on The Point. Folks, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.